0: All right, let me set this to the side for a minute. All right, tonight we are studying Proverbs 4, verse 23. If you want to turn there. I should have had my marker there already, and I did not. But, uh, oh, I'll just go ahead and read. I've got it on my, my uh, lesson here anyway. Um, I like to look at different translations uh, of verses and see how the, the different translators give us a a nuance, if you will, on a verse. The New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else. Well, why? Why, wise man? Why is that so important? Well, it's pretty self-evident, I think, to most of us, but here's what the wise man said, for it determines the course of your life, and there's a lot of ways that we could say that uh, it would do that, and we'll look at some of those tonight. The American Standard Version of 1901 and the King James Version both translate the verse as, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The ESV says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So, uh, really, the heart, and uh, several commentaries mention this, the heart here is compared to a fountain. To a fountain. And it's similar to how our blood flows from our physical hearts is the idea here. Now it's interesting to note that according to uh, one website that I found, the word heart is used in the King James Version 830 times. In uh, 725 in the Old Testament, 105 times in the New Testament. But the thought or sentiment, or excuse me, the sentiment uh, appears many more times uh, in the Bible. We all know that. Uh, Todd mentioned this last week that uh, Philemon seven in the King James Version says, The bowels of the saints are refreshed by the brother. Uh, but most other versions that I've looked at do say the hearts of the saints are refreshed by the uh, brother or by you, brother. And so, you know, the word bowels there is used much like we would use the word Heart. Uh, so I think it's t- uh, safe to say that the subject of our hearts or guarding our hearts uh, is pretty important. Uh, I think we would all agree with that. All right, uh, let's see what some commentators have to say about our main verse tonight. A few that I looked up, uh, Brother Burton Kaufman had this to say. Here's another favorite verse which many have committed to memory. And again, you know, Todd touched on this last week. The heart as the word is used in the Bible, means the mind, which is the center of human intelligence, emotions, and the will. The fact here stated is that the whole moral conduct of human life and its every action, attitude, and purpose are determined by what one thinks and believes. Um, The great corollary of this is that thought control is the prerequisite of all moral rectitude and uprightness. Then he says, see Proverbs 23, 7, You're familiar with that verse also. It's the one that says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. All right. uh, A couple thoughts I have on that is that this commentary from Brother Kaufman, in my estimation, really flies in the face of, uh, and I'm sorry I get too close to this. I can't really lower it with a golf shirt on. uh, Flies in the face of a mode of thinking that's very common today uh, about. things like law versus spirit uh doctrine versus the heart or law versus love however you may have heard it put uh uh, but but i believe brother coffin is correct here and psalm 119 says or david constantly speaks of delighting and uh loving uh delighting in and loving god's law and that's in old testament times i mean we we know that the new testament teaches that uh the new covenant is better uh You know, that we're under grace, not under law. And, of course, I believe he means we're not under the old law. We're still under a new law, uh, I believe, but uh, we're not under the old law. All right, so the New Covenant is far better. The book of Hebrews teaches us that. We know uh, a lot of people call it the book of better and for good reason, uh, better better priesthood, and all kinds of things like that. Uh, Romans 6.14, again, teaches that we're under grace, not under law or the old law. But here's just a sampling of David's attitude toward even the old law that's looked at even more so uh, as being a a sterile, I guess, law and not grace. Uh, Listen to this, verse 2 of Psalm 119. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Verse 10. With the whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments." So heart commandments are together there. Verses 47 and 48. I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My, heart, my hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved. And I will meditate on thy statutes. Verse 97. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. And just one more. And they will suffice. Therefore, verse 127, Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Uh, We could read that entire chapter. I think you all know that. Uh, But of course we don't have time for that tonight. I wouldn't do that. But every verse says virtually the same thing it's over and over david talking about how much he delights in god's law how he loves his law he loves his commandments but it's said in many different ways brilliantly and poetically and that's the reason it's such a beautiful uh, beautiful chapter in the bible it's 176 verses uh, but you get the picture just from reading a few about how important it is to love god's law whether old or uh, new law that we live under today. Uh, Alright. So, so the heart and law are not antithetical to one another. That's the point I'm trying to make. Um, now, the, a website called The Biblical Illustrator says, uh, before I go any further, let me just say if you've never looked at this website, most of you probably have, uh, called studylight.org. Studylight.org. If you've never looked at that, it's an uh, online Bible online commentaries and several other helps and one of the things I really like about it is not only being able to go to various commentaries uh, and seeing what they say about this verse or whatever else I might be studying or teaching on but when you're in say this chapter of Proverbs and you're scrolling down through the verses and reading them you can click on the number the number beside the verse and it will take you to various commentaries on that verse you know, Or you can just type in, the, there's one feature somewhere where you can type in the verse and it'll bring those all up. But, but that's a really, really neat study help, and that's where I've gotten some of this. Now, of course, commentaries are written by men, so you always have to uh, you know, look at the Bible first and uh, you know, through that filter uh, at times. All right, so uh, let me uh, find where I left off the biblical illustrator. It has this to say, The intellect is controlled by the heart more than the heart by the intellect. Men do not follow their thinkings, but their feelings. That's not always true, but uh, sometimes it is. Men do not follow their thinkings, but their feelings. Yet there are teachers proclaiming a religion of pure intellect, excluding the passions or feelings of the soul. Christianity appeals to the emotions. Well, that last statement's wrong. It's not just the emotions. It should be both, the way I see the Bible, so that's why I said you know you have to look at these commentaries through the lens of the Bible itself. Uh, so it is both, in my estimation. Uh, so men do follow their feelings instead of their intellect in a lot of cases. I think we've all been guilty of that. Uh, sometimes are our detriment. Sometimes it might be a good thing, you know, just depending on the situation. But I don't think uh, there is anything. In the New Testament, oral that teaches us that uh, we uh, leave our brains behind when it comes to learning God about God and learning uh, God's word. I believe He does expect both. We need both. We need discernment. We need good judgment uh, to have a healthy and have a healthy balance of both. Any thoughts on that? Anyone? Anyone? As someone once said. No. All right. Uh, Now, just to further that thought a little bit, I I know someone, you know, when we've discussed Bible, doctrine, things like that, you know, he he will say, I'm not a doctrine guy. And I know what he means by that. And uh, maybe this is a little too pointed, but I've responded with, well, Jesus was, and Paul was. You know, again, it's not just about the feelings. It's not just about the feelings. And I think he kind of come, well I know he does, come from this standpoint when it comes to that. So again, doctrine and love are not antithetical to one another. And I think we've seen that already tonight in just a few verses that we have looked at. Alright, so we've seen some reasons why we should guard our hearts. Uh, Now let's look at the answer, uh, try to answer the question, how can we guard our hearts? How can we Guard our hearts. The wise man told us we need to do that. So let's look at some ways we can do that. Now, despite the criticism I've, I just had of the biblical uh, illustrator, uh, some other sections of their commentary have some ways that we can guard our hearts. And uh, I think they're pretty uh, appropriate, pretty uh, insightful. All right, so despite that criticism, here's what they have to say. Uh, we can guard our hearts when we watch narrowly, the course and current of our thoughts and affections. Watch narrowly the course and current of our thoughts and affections. And when I read that, uh, the first verse that came to my mind was, it seemed like we're in Psalms a lot more than Proverbs tonight, but Psalm 101, 3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. And usually when I've heard this verse quoted in the past, you know, someone is talking about entertainment and I think that's very, very true. We have to be careful about the kinds of entertainment that we're uh, watching, reading, listening to, all those sorts of things. Uh, what kind of entertainment we're letting our kids watch uh, and otherwise participate in, listen and read. So we have to think about all those things. Are we monitoring their internet usage? Uh, and I'm not referring to just the, the obvious things that jump right out and come right to mind. Uh, but also even uh, entertainment that might seem a little bit more tame. uh, And I'll say this at one time, I guess this was a little bit more tame than it is now, but uh, I like to use what I call the soap opera example. I can remember years and years ago, yes, there's a soap opera I used to watch. won't say which one, doesn't matter. uh, But a long, long time ago, I was watching an episode... And someone's, you know, a lady said to another friend, a friend, another lady, she said, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters as long as you two love each other. And I don't remember the exact situation, but, you know, the lady she was talking to was already married to someone else and, you know, that kind of thing. And what happens is entertainment can start to influence our thinking and you know and the way that they will manipulate that your feelings in a show like that and others maybe is that uh, you know even though she's married to this person well, she dated this person for years and years and years, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And, and this person that she wound up marrying is the stereotypical soap opera evil person. They're the villain of all villains on that soap opera. You know, they're, they're the J.R. or whatever, J.R. Ewing or whatever that soap opera. And so uh, they manipulate our feelings. Yeah, she should be with that person. Well,. Uh, not according to the Bible, of course. Again, no one's saying that someone should stay in an abusive marriage or anything like that. Uh, but uh, that's just one, maybe not the best example, but uh, uh, one example of how entertainment can influence our thinking and manipulate our feelings. Because I remember, I remember thinking that. you know, I thought, well, man, you know, I don't know if I should be watching shows like this when they're tugging at heartstrings like they are about a relationship that I know would not be right um, alright so what are some other things we need to do to be careful in this area and guard our hearts uh, to watch narrowly the course and current of our thoughts what else can we do to do that yes Brother Hardy I was thinking not only do we have to deal with the content of the program and whatever, it's the amount of time that we spend wasting exactly I didn't mean to cut you off and we all know, and I'm as guilty as anybody, that this adds to that too, even if it's something perfectly innocent. You know, uh, tablets, computers, things like that can be uh, even bigger time wasters than uh, a TV because everything's on demand. Everything's right there, right? Uh, of course, TV's on demand now with all the streaming services and things like that. So, yeah, uh, the amount of time spent can be a big, big issue. Anyone else? Alright. Oh, and for the YouTubers, Brother Hardy just said it's not just the content of what we're watching or listening to, it's the amount of time spent. So I uh, forgot to point that out. Alright. Here's the next thing they say. We can guard our hearts when we check them at once when we discover them to have taken a wrong course. Check them at once when we discover them to have taken a wrong course. Uh, when I was in college, a friend of mine, me and a friend of mine were talking, and, and we are talking about this type of issue, and you know, just things like you know, trying to, uh, you know, how do you not look at something that you ought not be looking at? Uh, think about things that you ought not be thinking about that are sinful, and things like that. And, and, and he just said, and I'm speaking very generally here, but uh, about what we talked about, but he said, you know, I, I just try to. Try to, to turn and go on and just put it out of my mind. It might be a little bit simplistic, uh, not always easy to do, but it seemed to work for him. It seemed to work for him. You know, It's just like, you know, say, no, 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 I don't need to be thinking about that, or no, 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 I don't need to be looking at that. Turn, walk away. Just go on and try to put it out of your mind. Try to think about something else that uh, is positive. So again, it seemed uh, to work uh, for him. And again, this involves... More, like I said before, more than just things like a temptation to lust, uh, like I alluded to before, uh, it involves things like ill will toward others, our feelings like that hatred, strife, envy, uh, all these things that I guess you know interpersonal in nature uh, that are addressed in galatians five nineteen through twenty one among other things that are addressed there, uh, but they they mention all that strife and envy and, and hatred, uh, all those other terms that things that we don't need to be dwelling on and don't need to be thinking on rather as opposed to the things that we do need to be talking about or thinking about the fruits of the spirit there in that same chapter which the last time we had a a Wednesday night series like this that's what it was based on was the fruits of the spirit so there's a a little bit of an overlap there Um, any thoughts on that yes
1: Where we're kind of instead of immediately turning away and say, "Oh, well, it's not that bad," or you know, it won't hurt me just this once, or you know, whatever else we can, we can kind of rationalize away. Yeah. Um, but if we really want to um, guard our hearts, we have to kind of immediately address it. When we become aware, of it. I mean, obviously right. we're not aware of it, but uh, When we become aware of it, immediately doing something about it. Right. Uh, Todd mentioned the uh,
0: immediately doing something about something we shouldn't be looking at, and how we can rationalize what we're doing. And, you know, the worst entertainment gets, I guess that makes it easier to say, well, at least I'm not looking at that movie, at least I'm not watching that show that's about such and such that is so uh, egregiously sinful. Uh, so it's easy to rationalize that way, too, for sure. Anyone else? said that uh, quoted the verse where Jesus talked about evil things coming from the man or coming from our hearts uh, incidentally I have a friend who preaches who years ago mentioned something about smoking in the sermon and he said he was confronted a little bit after the service was over by someone said who quoted that verse and said that oh Jesus said this. Not what goes into a man that's sinful, but it's what comes out of a man. Well, I I don't think Jesus was saying that smoking is okay. I don't think that was any any part of his uh, thought there. But you make a very good point. Uh, So, yes, we need to, again, guard our heart. That's a great verse I should have had in this lesson. So I appreciate that. Um, All right. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm sorry about what I said and then maybe follow up with, I didn't mean that, or I didn't mean what I said. Have we ever said that? I know I have. I know I have. Um, we have to be careful about that. We have to be careful. Uh, Matthew 12, I'm sorry? Like You're You're, right. See, yeah, I was just joking. And we all joke with one another. I, I get that. And, and it's hard to know where to draw the line sometimes as to you know, when a joke goes a little too far, but Matthew 12:34, John the Immerser, the man who never missed words, we all know that he never missed words. He said, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what speaketh or speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." Proverbs 26:18 and 19. The, the English Standard Version, ESV, says, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I am only joking. And that's what Brother Hardy just said. Uh, Ephesians 5, four says, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, or coarse joking, or coarse jesting, in some versions, which are out of place, but instead, let there be Thanksgiving, And uh, I, I know I like to quote from a lot of different versions. I, I guess I'm kind of like uh, you know, Randy Bailey once said that his favorite version is the Randy Bailey version. I guess mine's the PDV, the Patrick Daly version. Um, all right, so instead of the, the crude joking, the coarse jesting, uh, let us follow Colossians 4, 6. We all know that verse, too. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt not gall. A friend of mine wrote an article once. He said it should be seasoned with salt and not gall. So seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. And I love how the Bible does that. And especially it seems like Paul is so good about that. Again, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. No period there. Why Paul? Why? That you may know how you ought to answer every man. Man. All right, Uh, let's throw out one more question. What are some other ways that we can check our thoughts and keep them pure? I guess it overlaps a lot with point number one uh, and maybe the next point as well, but any other thoughts on that? All right, number three. uh, We can guard our hearts when we exercise the mind as much as possible with holy and heavenly themes. Exercise the mind as much as possible with holy and heavenly themes. What's the first thing, the first two things that come to your mind and ways that we can do that? Well, Bible study and prayer. I thought immediately about that when I read that, uh, obviously. Uh, again, Psalm 119, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not send, sin against thee. I heard someone a while back say, uh, well, a few years ago in a sermon that... Uh, uh, you know, if we uh, spend the kind of time that we ought to in Bible study and uh, prayer, and he gave an example of a, a friend of his that, uh, uh, who had gotten better about Bible study and prayer than he had been at one time in his life, and therefore he didn't, he didn't have time to think about and look at the things that he used to look at that were not right. And I thought, well, I don't know if it's always that easy, but maybe that's at least a good starting point. Maybe that's at least a good starting point if we study the Bible and, and pray Uh, and it's not just a matter of time, but it's building strength. So building strength and spending that time in the Word, spending the time with God in prayer, that we have less times at least for the things that we shouldn't be doing or thinking about. And it gets back to what you said a while ago, just the amount of time that we might spend on entertainment uh, that could be utilized doing something else for at least part of that time. And again, I don't think anyone here would say uh, entertainment in and of itself is wrong. Uh, I don't think God... Uh, has any, I don't think God has ever said that uh, you know, decompressing and uh, things like that are a bad thing, uh, but it's just a matter of priorities, I guess, and balancing your time and things like that, which can be a challenge. All right, uh, the last thing they had to say in the biblical illustrator about this, uh, we can guard our hearts when we earnestly call down the aid and blessing Of the Holy Spirit, earnestly earnestly call—excuse me, earnestly call down the aid and blessing of the Holy Spirit. And they're quoting uh, the Essex Congregational Remembrancer. I don't know if that's a real word because Microsoft Word underlined that when I uh, when I cut and pasted it. But the Essex Congregational Remembrancer. Now I I do believe that the the Spirit today works through the Word. I do believe that First uh, Corinthians 13 and some other passages do teach that the uh, miraculous measure of the Holy Spirit, uh, of the, uh, God and the Holy Spirit was in New Testament times. Uh, but I do believe the Spirit works I believe it works through the Word. And I believe, it's uh, uh, again, that's not looking at it as a cold, sterile thing like some people think uh, that belief system is. Uh, but that's all the more reason for the importance of Bible study, in my opinion. Now, remember, Jesus referred to the Spirit as the Comforter. I love that, that the Spirit is our Comforter. Now, I know he was talking to the apostles uh, at least some of the time when he said that, and he was talking about the miraculous measure that the uh, Comforter would bring to them, but I, I believe the Holy Spirit is no less the Comforter to us when we're obedient to God and when we study the Word. Now, I stand to be corrected on my position on that, uh, but this is not the uh, Freed Hartman Lectures where Gus Nichols and Guy Ann Woods used to debate that subject. All right, back to the subject of prayer real quickly under that. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore, and I have to remind myself of this, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Again, why? Hebrew writer that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So God not only wants us to pray, to spend time with him in prayer, but he says we can come boldly, approach his throne boldly. I've heard it said so many times in sermons, I think by Randy and and others, and how in Bible class lessons, how that uh, uh, at one time if you approached a king... Uh, you better have something to say or it might be off with your head. Uh, Even the court jesters, it might be off with their head if they didn't make the king laugh. But our king, our Father in heaven says, come boldly unto the throne of grace so we can obtain mercy. So he wants us, he wants us to approach him. Uh, We all know that Jesus prayed all night long once, uh, and so if God in the flesh saw that it was necessary to pray to the Father, Like that, uh, how much more should we, how much more do we need God in our lives and do we need to take prayer seriously and to take advantage of that uh, blessing, that avenue that God has given us? Any thoughts on that? Richard. just talked about the importance of Bible study. Study to show thyself approved. Uh, have a ready answer that Jesus quoted Scripture when uh, Satan was tempting him. And of course we know you know, Jesus had, uh, you know, like you said, he had fasted. Uh, I, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine the kind of physical and mental, spiritual even, uh, maybe I, I shouldn't even use that term, I, I don't know, but maybe that's a uh, doubting jesus but but the amount of physical the amount of uh, mental and maybe even spiritual exhaustion that he was suffering at that time and again he quoted scripture to the devil uh, to satan when satan tempted him so good point good point appreciate all y'all's uh, participation tonight. Any, any other thoughts on that yes todd
1: That are a part of this, sure. but we also shouldn't ignore that that God isn't just kind of all right. Go ahead and do it. Okay? He's He's helping us sure. do that as well. That's why
0: He gave us the church.
1: Yeah, you know, when yeah. you're yeah. Be to be with other Christians. Yeah, yeah. and one so.
0: of we see, He gave us the church, yeah, it's not the yeah. only one, I guess. But
1: yeah. yeah, that we have so many resources available to us um, that we shouldn't feel like. Oh, this is impossible. I can't avoid all the bad things. I can't avoid all the bad thoughts. Right? Yes, we'll never be perfect, but God's transforming us. Right. right. If we'll live. I mean, we can quench the spirit. We can ignore the spirit. We can, you know, ignore encouragement from our brothers and sisters. We can close up our Bible. But if we truly want to live like God wants us to live, He's going to make that happen. Sure. You know, and He's going to, going to help us protect our heart because that's what He wants. So if He wants us to do that, He's going to empower us to do that. Not in any sort of miraculous way, but, you know, in a way that, that makes this achievable. Right. Uh, and if I can sum up what Todd said, he said that basically God hasn't left
0: us uh, by ourselves or to our own devices. He's given us blessings that we can take advantage of to help us in this area. Uh, you know, fellowship with other Christians, spending time with others, and and that's why I mentioned, you know, that's why he gave us the church and things like that. So he has given us some tools, some avenues, if you will, uh, to help one another in these areas that we're talking about. He's, he didn't just tell us, okay, do this and just leave it to our own strength. And, and, and in fact, you know, again, the avenue of prayer, that, that's what it's supposed to be for, in part, is to help us and make us stronger. Um, uh, just something popped into my mind while you were saying all that. About Christians helping one another, and and we, you know, we can never be perfect. Uh, You all have to forgive me if you've heard this story, and I'm not quoting it exactly right, but I had heard several years ago that Brother Rex Turner, senior, that after his his beloved wife had passed away, that he called up, I believe, Brother Hugo McCord, and you might know this story, uh, and at you know just wanted to talk to Brother McCord about whether we were going to know one another in heaven. And I remember thinking, you know, wow, you know, someone that is so learned and so strong, just to someone that so many people in the church look at as a spiritual giant, maybe I shouldn't use that term for anyone but, but God, but uh, uh, who still wanted to talk about that and, and still had some at least some curiosity about the subject after his wife had passed away. And I remember mentioning this to someone else, and they said, yeah, you know, uh, you know when, when you've lost your spouse, you know, that, that can make you think about it more, obviously. And, and so I understand that. And so in one way, and this might sound odd, but in one way that, that was encouraging to me that, uh, you know, sometimes when I think I should have it more together than I do in my life, and I should, uh, you know, that, that just was kind of uh, heartening to me, if you will, or encouraging to me, that, hey, you know, even, even someone like that still had some questions, you know, still had some questions about things that are spiritual in nature that I would have thought, you know, he had all figured out. Uh, so again, some of you that may know that family better than me, that, that may not be exactly what happened, but that was, from what I recall, the way I had heard that story. Anybody else? Any other thoughts on that? Yes. has not told us to do anything that we can't do, that we're not capable of, and he tells us to keep our hearts captive, uh, think on things that are pure and lovely. He wouldn't have told us to do those things if we didn't have the capability to do that. So I appreciate that. Um, Any other thoughts on that? Because I've got uh, just a little bit more. Okay, good timing. I thought I was going to run out of things to say. Just very quickly from Adam Clark's commentary. Uh, and, yes, I love to rely on commentaries uh, for material like this because uh, they have a lot more to say than I do on these subjects. Uh, all right, so uh, our verse tonight, he says, uh, Above all keeping, guard thy heart. He who knows anything of himself knows how apt his affections are to go astray. For out of it are the issues of life, the goings out of lives. Is not, uh, is not this a plain illusion? to the arteries which carry the blood from the heart through the whole body and to the utmost extremities, and we touched on that, or some other commentators did as well. As long as the heart is capable of receiving and propelling the blood, so long long life is continued. Now as the heart is the fountain whence all the streams of life proceed, care must be taken that the fountain not be stopped up nor injured. A double watch for its safety must be kept up. So in spiritual things, the heart is the seat of the Lord of life and glory, and the streams of spiritual life proceed from him to all the powers and facilities of the soul. Watch with all diligence that this fountain be not sealed up, nor these streams of life be cut off. Therefore, put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips, and let thy eyes look straight on. Or, in other words, look inward, look onward, look upward. I know that the 23rd verse um, is understood uh, as principally referring to the evils which pr- proceed from the heart, excuse me, and which must be guarded against, and the good purposes that must be formed in it, from which life takes its coloring. The former should be opposed, the latter should be encouraged and strengthened. If the heart be pure and holy, all its purposes will be just and good. If it be impure and defiled, nothing will proceed from it but abomination. So guard your heart. Let's guard our hearts. Thank you for your good attention and your comments tonight. God bless. You're dismissed.